Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our spoiler-free review for Netflix's The Gray Man. You sure you're all right? Yeah, just another Thursday. Hey everyone, my name is Nate, and this is our spoiler-free review for Netflix's The Gray Man. Special thanks, as always, to our friends at Netflix Canada for giving us this opportunity to watch the movie uh, early for review. Before we get started, if you're joining us for the first time, we are Geekcentric, a podcast focusing on the world of movies, TV shows, games, toys, and collectibles, and all things Geekcentric. Joining me for this review, when danger calls, he says, hey man, because he'll always be my gray man, he's... Kevin Hudson. How you doing, Kevin? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, uh, you, you mentioned the, the quote right off the top about it's just another Thursday, and here we are on a Thursday. Yeah, I was going to say, it is a recording. Thursday. It's kind of perfect. Yeah, you know? absolutely. It's like somebody wrote uh, this moment better than this entire film. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, Kevin, before we kind of dive into this uh, movie, though, I want to know, what's your... What's your favorite color? Like, if you were working for the CIA instead of the gray man, who would you be? What color man would you be? Uh, or, or even like, you know, if I was, if I was in uh, a real life version of Clue. Uh, okay. I think I'd be, I'd be, I'd be Mr. Blue Mr. for sure. Blue. Uh, you know, I like it. All of my favorite things are blue. Uh, mm-hmm. The Blue Jays, yep. my Toronto Maple say. Leafs, uh, a clear sunny day, and then of course my beautiful, beautiful eyes. So I would go blue all the way. Incredible, incredible. It would only make your eyes look even more blue and. Yeah, the entire CIA would just be like, oh, the blue man, they'll be transfixed. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I will say as a kid, my favorite color was purple. Mm. Uh, And that that always plagued me because Donatello was my least favorite Ninja Turtle. Uh, But I had to kind of root for him the most. So it was was very annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you always end up with that. That's going to be your, that's the bandana you end up wearing because you like purple. But then you're like, "Eh." Um, I Uh. I would say for myself, I recently... I mean, growing up, I was a big fan of green. I think green. I had a green room with a green wall. At one point, my parents were nice enough to... I was in the basement at that point, and they were nice enough to have the wall painted bright lime green. Um, but uh, <laughs> but <laughs> honestly, as I've kind of matured, I've kind of started getting into like pinks and purples. More recently, I'm kind of digging the idea of like a, a pink and purple thing. I don't know. It looks fresh. It looks bright and colorful it, they're happy colors yeah, yeah they're happy colors uh, i do like the idea of you having a a, a green room though growing up it's <laughs> yeah. it's it's prepared you for this stage of your life yes. where you know sometimes when we do the interviews and stuff we'll be waiting in the green room Absolutely. Uh, for to get the go ahead and everything so it's just you had no idea years ago but it was practice for for this stage of your life but a figurative green room is so much better than an actual green room when you're trying to sell a, sell a house. So I apologize <laughs> to my parents. Um, but yeah, maybe I could be like the pink, the, the purple pink man, uh, like Jesse Pinkman. Um, Jesse, I don't know. Anyways. Oh, nice. I like right? it. Something like that. I like uh, it. <laughs> let's get into this description for the movie. The Gray Man is about CIA operative Court Gentry, a.k.a. Sierra Six, plucked from a federal penitentiary and recruited by his handler, Donald Fitzroy. Gentry was once a highly skilled, agency-sanctioned merchant of death. 
Uh, but now the tables have turned, and Six is the target, hunted across the globe by Lloyd Hansen, a former cohort at the CIA, who will stop at nothing to take him out. Agent Danny Miranda has his back. He'll need it. Uh, Ryan Gosling is the gray man, and Chris Evans is his psychopathic adversary uh, in Netflix-produced uh, thriller directed by Anthony and Joe Russo, starring Anna de Armas, Reggae Jean Paul, Billy Bob Thornton, Jessica Henwick, Danush Wagner-Mora, and Alfred Woodward. Uh, and it's currently out in theaters and on Netflix as of tomorrow, uh, July 22nd, if you're listening to this on the day we've posted it. Uh, so, Kevin... I mean, you can already kind of tell by some of the <laughs> remarks I've been making about the movie. Um, let's let before we get into kind of all that stuff. Let's at least talk about what we liked. What did we enjoy? What did what did we kind of take away? Um, I, I, you know, as excited as I was to see a Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans movie where they're playing opposite each other, I don't think I'm going to have too much to say in terms of of liked. Unfortunately, on this one, uh, and it was directed by the Rousseau brothers. Uh, Kevin, let's start off. What, what did you like in this movie? Uh, I mean, you mentioned it right there. Uh, it was essentially all about Ryan Gosling versus Chris Evans. Yeah. And I think the, the, that worked for the movie, at least. These two guys are you know, bona fide leading men. They're stars. They're, they're captivating to watch, even in lesser films. And I think... At least their energy came through. Yeah. Uh, in particular, I thought Chris Evans was a lot of fun mm -hmm. here. Uh, you know, he's all he, you know. He's been ingrained in our minds, especially over the last ten years, as a goody goody, the 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 guy who stands up for right. And here yeah. he's the complete opposite of that. So, if that alone is the one plus somebody might take out of the movie, it is at least fun to watch that aspect. Totally, and I think. You know, Ryan Gosling uh, is a great leading man here. I think I, I do buy him as an action hero, uh, you know, in, in movies going forward. I think I think th this is kind of more of his sort of um, quiet man performance with like subtle jokes here and there that he's done uh, in, in much better movies. Um, and I think he does a good job of playing uh, court gentry throughout the movie. Uh, Anna de Armas is basically who she was in James Bond, uh, in the Bond movie. Although although arguably a lot less fun. I thought yeah. she was a bit wasted. Like, you know, she, I was happy to see her throughout the movie, but it was it was just not that kind of scene-stealing role that she had in James Bond. Right. And But, like, at the same time, it's like I wanted to see more of her in James Bond, and this sort of <laughs> shows us more of that character to a certain degree, but... Albeit again in a in a movie that uh, is nowhere near as good, um, and and I will say she is part of a. There's a moment near the end of the movie, um, without spoilers, that is probably my favorite. It's like an action moment with her, and she's going like guns blazing, and like that's probably my favorite moment as far as the action in the movie. It's the only part that I think really stands out for the action. We'll we'll get to that, but yeah, really, yeah. I, I could I could talk about the action here. I thought. I mean, it's really hard when John Wick sort of is the pinnacle of this new age action that we're getting, right? right. Where it's all about really sophisticated choreography. Uh, it's about, you know, ingenious uses of props and, and objects around characters that are in fights. And I don't think anybody does it better than John Wick. And so it's, you know, that's a huge measuring stick to try and live up to. And while I do think this movie fails to to reach those heights there were some fun moments there was some fun action i thought there was the russos 
really, really tried here to to make this movie look flashy, at least when there was action on the screen. You know, if it was fighting with fireworks mm-hmm. or 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 yep. that sort of thing. I mean, they tried, and I, in my opinion, I think they succeeded 60-70% of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas some of the, the, the camera work they do, uh, yeah. I mean, drone shots are cool. A hundred drone <laughs> shots aren't as yeah. cool. Yeah, I, it's starting to become almost like a Netflix action movie staple of like, oh, where's this going, Netflix? Okay, yeah, 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 more drones. Get more drones in here. Get the drones. Get all the drones. Um, <laughs> but I think the most memorable, if, as far as things that I did like and sticking with that, um, yeah, Chris Evans was dope in this movie. Definitely a standout. It's probably his performance is the only thing that will really stick with me into the future. Um, and I really want to see him in more villain roles. I actually, um, I tweeted out, uh, Kevin, have you watched Invincible on Amazon? The animated uh, show with, I think it's by Seth Rogen. And yeah, have you watched that show? Absolutely. Right? Yep. Yep. So seeing him as a young Omni-Man with that mustache, like... Dude, oh, let's that's great. freaking go. It would be absolutely incredible. The entire time as he was just saying stuff, I was like, he just sounds and looks like Omni-Man, but a little younger. <laughs> um, but like, I shouldn't be thinking, I shouldn't be watching this big, massive budget action spectacle movie and just constantly be thinking about a, another, you know, project or series or, or what have you. He's playing this character great. You know where I'd rather see him, though? <laughs> yeah, is, exactly. Yeah, that's not the first thing that you should yeah. be thinking of. And then uh, and then uh, the only other um, shout-out I wanted to give, Alfred Woodard and uh, Billy Bob Thornton, I think, give some good performances for as little as we actually get to see. I think Alfred Woodard is like in like a scene and a half. Um, but for as little as we do get to see them, I think they do get some some great moments. I think Billy Bob Thornton in the car, uh, you know, it, it, for that scene, I think I think he he did a, his Billy Bob Thornton thing, <laughs> and it worked well. And it wasn't anything like these are the best performances that I've ever seen by them. But it, they were they were great for what we got. Yeah, I mean, Billy Bob did the most with what he could here. I mean, there's a great interrogation scene with yeah. him. Um, Although he's where de-aged. Where he has some fun with it, clearly. He's very de-aged in it. Did you notice that? I didn't actually notice yeah. that, no. Yeah, it looks it looks, uh, it looks interesting. His hair, definitely a good just-for-men's job right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, I mean, and and I, I do think even Julia Butters, um, yeah. who I only really know from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, mm-hmm. where she's... Absolutely incredible. I think she could have got a uh, best supporting nom just for her one scene in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's good here, uh, yeah. and I think she works. She 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 does a good job of bringing out a little personality in Gosling's character yeah. where it's it's otherwise a little lacking. I mean, I know that's intentional, but but it does sort of. She is a great bout. Like she brings out the the other side of that character in a really good way. And there's a moment uh, sort of halfway. Through, or not even halfway, but it's half an hour into the movie uh, where we do get to see a little bit into the history between him and, and her character. And I, I kind of was hoping that was the direction the movie was kind of going to go, that that was going to be sort of the the through line. But she, you know, again, for as, as good a job as she did in this movie, we also don't get to see a ton of, of her and, and their relationship. Again, as you said, it was really mostly about Ryan Gosling and, uh, and Chris Evans' characters just going head to head. Um, but let's get into, let's get into maybe, uh, some of the problems (laughs) that we have with the movie. Um, I think honestly, this movie is an action movie to its own fault. I think there's so many action scenes that they start to blend 
together. And then that doesn't allow any of the the moments to really be stand out. Again, I think I really enjoyed seeing, um, you know, Anadarmus's Danny run around like guns blazing. Like that was a cool thing to see. But I could have also seen that in another movie, right? Like there's nothing about this movie in terms of all of these different moments that really stand out, which sucks because there's there's some great performances as we as we mentioned, but the movie is just paced in a way that doesn't really let me care about anyone or anything that's happening in the movie. And and we don't really get to spend enough time with the characters to fully understand their motivations. There's so much unnecessary exposition. Um, and like we're told a lot about these characters from you know about their past from the characters themselves, uh, but we we don't actually get to see it like played like we don't actually get to see what their past actually is. Uh, and I'd rather see it instead of them telling me. I don't know, man. I just I feel like um, there was so much that they tried to stuff in this movie because it was a book, and I feel like there was a lot of moments where maybe the brothers were looking at this like, oh, well, we have to include that part or we have to include this aspect about the, uh, their past together and the fact that these CIA agents were all together in the past at some point, but we don't have time to show it because we have to show 900 different giant graphics on screen saying <laughs> where we are in the world 18 times throughout the movie and we, that's where the budget goes. And I don't know, man, it just, it felt so blurry. That was, that was kind of my biggest problem is just like it felt blurry. I mean, I can I can sort of see that. Um, I mean, this is an action movie, and so yeah. that kind of has to be the principal driving force. For sure. Uh, I mean, I think what 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 hurts the you know becoming attached emotionally to the plot is that while Chris Evans is sort of the the main attraction here and the main bad guy, he he's still just working for somebody else, yeah. and. And that character, Carmichael, played by Roger Jean Page, just didn't do it for me. I didn't. It was in wrestling. There's this thing where you know you get heat as a bad guy, as a heel in wrestling. You get heat, mm -hmm. and you want the crowd to hate you. You want them to boo yeah. you. But then there's another kind of heat that's called go away heat, and they're not booing <laughs> you because you're doing a great job. Oh, it's because no. they just don't want to see you oh, anymore. No. And so that guy, the, the character, Reggie Jean Page and his character Carmichael, that was go-away heat for me. I was just right. like, every time he was on screen, I was like, I don't like you. I don't care about you. You're not captivating. It just, that just didn't sync with me at all. Well, it doesn't help that that Jessica Henwick, uh, who I think is great in, in most of what I see her in, uh, just is kind of playing, like, practically the same character. Like, I get that they're kind of going off the dichotomy of, like, the, the good cop, bad cop kind of dichotomy with those characters but it doesn't it just doesn't land like i it, we barely don't even like we we get more of of jessica henwick's character than we do at a certain point uh of of carmichael of, of reggae john john page's character and so i'm just like i don't know why both of them had to <laughs> had to play this part or play this role um because it just felt like they got in the way of each other too much and and it just i didn't end up you're right. Like I didn't end up really rooting for either of them or caring for either of them. And just kind of felt like, again, another thing to add in. If this was just Lloyd Hansen, Chris Evans, like leading this charge, I think it would have been more, they would have, they would have had less to deal with less backstory to talk about. And it might've been a little bit more of a simpler story. Yeah. You have him go rogue and have this own sort of vendetta against sex that, that he has right? to, solve and and it's just his motivations i think that would have worked a lot better because yeah. 
as we've talked about, you know, Chris Evans is so over the top here in the, in the best ways. And, and it's funny because Ryan Gosling is almost over the top in the complete opposite way, mm-hmm. you know. He's not react. He's he's he has he's almost emotionless and and reactionless in like the most dire of circumstances, and that works for the character. Yeah. And, it's, and I found it kind of funny. Whereas, you know, the the other two characters, Henwick and and Paige's characters, they're almost out of a more serious spy action thriller yeah. movie, and so it they don't fit the right tone, and so they're bringing the 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 sort of campy fun down a bit with their serious very you know bland performances so yeah i i agree we could have done completely without those characters and i think the movie would have been better for it i think you mentioned the word bland and i I know the movie's called the gray man so it's like that makes sense but (laughs) but like i feel like the look and the feel of the movie was kind of bland as well you talked about earlier about like some of the shots and some of the moments i think you know i think we kind of as audiences are at least critical audiences are understanding of the fact that action spectacle and a lot of money pumped into something doesn't always equal standout visuals. Like there were, there really weren't many visually interesting frames in this movie. Like I, I, I like to see, especially with a movie that's like, again, they're traveling all over the world. Show me some of these vistas, show me some of these landscapes. Like it just really didn't feel like, I, I got to see a part of this movie where I was like, wow, that just, that looks great. Uh, except I would say there's one, there's one moment, I think, um, which might've been uh, the strongest point as far as like the visual look of the movie is concerned, where we get to see Six uh, carrying out a mission, just actually at the beginning of the movie, um, where he's in China during a New Year's, New Year's uh, fireworks celebration. And I thought the colors, the lighting in that sequence, I thought that was fantastic. And I was like, okay, like you've got my attention. But then after that, it just starts all blending together. And I can't really recall a single moment after that, cinematically, like from a visual standpoint, all the way to the end of the movie, like I, I didn't really. Again, that final sequence maybe was was kind of cool with the in the you know, uh, again, we won't, we don't want to spoil anything, but the final big sequence I thought was okay, but um, but I don't know, it just felt like they just gave up <laughs> at a certain point and just started saying, okay, get these explosions in here, get these giant title cards in here, tell people we're in Croatia or whatever. I don't know. I mean, I wonder if if all the different locales sort of works better in the book form and you can sort of spend a bit of time describing what's around them and what's going on and how how their environment is influencing the action whereas like you said that opening action sequence is is bonkers and and it looks terrific and it's vibrant and um it it even has some of that john wick-esque sort of you know uh, there's a a hair clip used in in pretty gruesome and effective ways by an assassin and and so yeah i think that scene and then mixed with the 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 closing scene like you mentioned now notice all those middle action scenes all take place during the day yeah uh and maybe maybe that hurts a bit uh, like uh, you know there's these are beautiful cities but as you're whizzing by them on top of a a, a runaway streetcar uh, it doesn't lend itself to be that visually uh, appealing, and so maybe that is what what kind of hurt those scenes I think a little so. bit was just yeah. I think it works better on the page than it did uh, on the screen, perhaps. That's a good point. That's a good point. One thing you don't get when you're reading a book uh, is well, usually unless it's an audio book, you don't get music. Um, and I I felt like the music is like barely 
there in this movie, or at least not memorable. I think there's one theme that comes up a few times, and unfortunately, it's just so similar to the Mission Impossible theme, except it's the same note repeating itself six times. It's like, da, 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 da. And I'm just like, okay, like, you know, when you're, it's, it's like when you're, it's like when you're watching American Idol and there's the person that's like, yeah, I'm going to sing Whitney Houston. And it's like, okay, like either sing like a very diverse cover of Whitney Houston or don't do it at all. Because the moment you get close to it, you'll, you'll fail and, and it, you'll never exceed the original. So don't even try. And I'm just like, why would you? Why would you put this in your movie that already looks so much like a, a bad version of Mission Impossible? Why would you do this? I don't know. That's such a good point. That, that That's the kind of theme song you would use, their, their version of it, in a spoof right. of a Mission Impossible <laughs> yeah. movie, you know? And, and I don't think this movie is nearly cheeky or clever enough to come off as sort of being... Uh, semi-serious parody of that genre right. at all. I think this movie wants to be taken very seriously for what it's doing. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, that's a bad, that's a bad thing to instill in viewers' minds. Even <laughs> I could, I, I didn't realize it as I was watching it, yeah. but as soon as you mentioned it, I went, "Oh my god, they did use that theme!" <laughs> yeah. And I could hear it just before you sang it. And so, subconsciously, that's not what you want your viewers to be sort of going through. No, no definitely not. And I, you bring up the idea of like a parody. The jokes, I don't think, really landed. I, I did get what you said about, like, with Ryan Gosling's, like, sort of uh, quiet man, and, and he'll make a little quip every now and then that I was like, okay, yeah, but but that's Ryan Gosling. Like, you'll get a better a better version of, of that in The Nice Guys, which, yes, is a much, much better movie. But, like, I just felt like, I don't know, man. It, it's nothing really hit from a from a dialogue standpoint and again there was just so much exposition i don't know we're going we're kind of going in in circles this review is getting a little bit uh a little blurry now <laughs> um, so let's <laughs> let's get to our let's get to our our final thoughts um which listen i'm going to put just as much thought into our rating scale of this uh as i feel like was put into this movie so uh we're going to be rating this on a scale of 1 to 5 gray men Kevin, why don't you kick us off? Ooh, but that, that is uh, that is a funny little indictment of this movie that you usually take pride in your rating no, scales. So, I'm just uh, mm -mm. I can I can appreciate that. Um, I certainly think I enjoyed this movie a little bit more than you. Yeah. Um, I think with these Netflix movies, I'm coming in going. Uh, you know, if I get one or two of these a month as part of my subscription that I'm already going to have, I think it's perfectly fine. Sure. Uh, I'm not expecting too much from a Netflix movie. I can't wait till one just blows us away and we're like, I can't believe they put that on Netflix and not in the theaters. Mm -hmm. uh, that that said, this this was far superior to say Red Notice, uh, yeah. and I even think uh, I even think it's right on the same level for me as as an Adam Project where. It's perfectly serviceable, and because I didn't pay eighteen dollars to go see it in the theater, <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hold it to too high of a standard. Uh, again, if if you like fun, quirky action, there it, or or creative action, violence, um, it's done better in other movies, obviously like John Wick. But I think there are some moments here that that real diehard action fans can appreciate. And then if you're a big fan of Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling, you, you know. You're gonna get a little bit something different, especially from from Chris Evans here, and and I would say you know that performance alone is worth checking out. Again, on a lazy Sunday afternoon when nothing else is on, you got nothing else going. 
it's an easy breezy two hours or so. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, again, I, I wasn't blown away by this, um, but I got kind of exactly what I was expecting going in with pretty low expectations. Uh, there's, there's some pretty clever kills. There's, there's some visual, um, creativity, but, uh, the drone shots get a little tired by the end. And like you said, Nate, uh, the plot just isn't really engaging enough to make the kind of repetitive action really worth it or, or matter. Mm -hmm. I didn't really care about what I was seeing for most of it. That said, I do like sort of, uh, I do kind of like some of the elements that this movie set up for potential future um, installment right. uh, without giving anything away. I would watch a second movie in this series, especially if it was another freebie on Netflix, because uh, I don't think it could get any... I think it could only get better uh, moving forward. <laughs> although, nice uh, you know, although uh, how, how do you... Um, come up with a a, a, a villain uh, that's worth watching a second time around. I don't know. It's really tough to uh, sort of give my my deep thoughts on this uh, without giving anything away. Yeah. Uh, but I also I'll just say uh, it was it was perfectly serviceable for for the two hours that I watched it. I'll probably never think about this movie again after <laughs> yeah. this review. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, so it's hard for me to recommend it, but I wouldn't say stay away. Uh, I'm gonna give this a uh, a pretty. Uh, meek 3.2 out of 5 gray men alright alright it's funny you mentioned Red Notice I feel similar to this movie as when we reviewed Red Notice but at least I will say with Red Notice I did get like a few like laughs out of it which I get that that movie is more of a comedy than than this was ever meant to be but I don't know this movie is just a blurry mess for me and I'm starting to wonder between this and Cherry if maybe I'm just a fan of Marvel than I am of the Rousseau brothers, like I, I maybe that's really what I need to the realization I need to come to here is that like when I see the Rousseau brothers, like I'm like, oh yeah, okay, so Endgame quality, like Infinity War quality, Civil, you know, like like I I feel like that might be, you know, I might need to scale that back a bit. Um, this movie, along with unfortunately a lot of these big budget blockbuster movies that Netflix is putting out feel it makes me think of um from a gamer's perspective it makes me think of Gameloft have you ever heard of Gameloft Kevin I haven't no so Gameloft is a developer and they mostly make mobile games but pretty much all of their games are just like ripoffs of other games with terrible touch controls so like they have like a ripoff of like God of War they have like ripoffs of like The Legend of Zelda and stuff like that and Honestly, they're they're not nearly as good, and they're usually dumped onto the App Store to catch people who don't have access to consoles. And I kind of feel like that's Netflix's strategy with these movies. Like, I, I don't think they care so much about the critical reception of these movies as much as they care about an accessible action movie with big names that people can click on and then, I guess, kind of somewhat enjoy. Um, so I don't know. I, I expect more from my movies. I expect, even from Netflix, I expect more from the directing duo behind my favorite Marvel movies. But sadly, this movie really didn't do much for me besides make me want to see Chris Evans in in a villain role (laughs) again. Um, So there are, as we said, there are better movies that will scratch the same action uh, itch, even on Netflix right now. uh, And I don't think you need to invest two hours into this one. So I'm going to give Gray Man uh, or The Gray Man a solid two out of five 
gray men. Ooh. I know, I know. And that, that is rotten. And honestly, that's majority of it's that's majority because of the cast. Like that's mostly it. The story doesn't yeah, get there for me. Wow, so it, it wasn't that the cast helped bump you up a point or so. It's that it prevented it from being a point lower. <laughs> yeah. 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 Ooh, like boy. I considered a two. Come on, we've five. seen worse movies. I than know. This. And and here's <laughs> the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, it's interesting because you mentioned uh, that you enjoyed this more than Red Notice. I actually looked back. I think I gave Red Notice a 2.5. Um, and I didn't. I, I felt coming out of that a little bit just more of something <laughs> than I did with this movie. So I was like, okay, well. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll pop it as a two. Um, I mean, that's yeah. good. You gotta you gotta work your scores that way. I mean, yeah. I, I do want to point out uh, you made one really great point. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if Netflix's goal here with all these movies is you bring in the stars, you put them in the movie. Who cares if it's good? Who cares what the script is? They probably don't even supervise anything. You know, they're not like <laughs> yeah. typical studio producers where they're overseeing everything. It's like, yeah, here's here's some money. Go make this movie. Who cares? 100%. All they want is the 15-second clip mm-hmm. that they can put into their little sizzle reel that they did at the beginning of the year to go, look at the movies we have coming totally. out this year, you know? Which is more like, look at the celebrities that, are, that we have in exactly. our movies. Yeah. It'll look good on the menu as you're scrolling through, and it does that 15-second preview, and you yeah. go, oh, shit, look at those two guys. I'll go watch that movie, yeah. not knowing what you're getting yourself into. Because like, they're basing their success on when people click play. Like that's what they base their success on is how many people clicked play, and it's just it's just unfortunate. And that's where I'm like, I'm I'm not gonna give up. I'm not gonna give up my fight against uh, qu- wanting quality Netflix movies because they've proven themselves in the series space. They've proven themselves in the documentary space. Prove yourself in the big budget movie space. I know that you can do it, Netflix. I absolutely know you can. And so for me, I'm not gonna be like, well, this is a Netflix movie, so. Uh, it's not gonna. I don't, I'm approaching it at, as a Netflix movie. This is a movie, and it's a big budget movie, and they want to make those. But if you've got bigger ones by other production companies on your service already, and 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 better ones, then then keep up. <laughs> That's such a good point. I mean, yeah, like you said, they've they've done it well in the the documentaries yeah. and and the the, the, the series. Uh, they even you know they've got some Oscar cred in, at least in terms of nominations for some of their smaller. Uh, you know, foreign pictures and, and whatnot. It's yeah. they need to have just a standout, uh, and it doesn't have to. You know, it's tough to compete with the hundred and fifty, two hundred million dollar studio movies. Yeah. Um. You know, they need to find something with a great story, uh, above and beyond, like first and foremost that that requires a little budget to tell said story, rather than here's forty million dollars, put whatever shitty story you want <laughs> yeah. behind that money, yeah. and we'll slap a couple big names on it and see where it goes. Uh, I do want to say I think uh, there's a movie coming out next month uh, with Jamie Foxx that might fit that role. It looks like it at least will be a lot of fun, and I'm sure we will do a a, a similar style review for that uh, early next month. Yeah, Day Shift. Um, we'll see if, if yeah that, that one, one that one that one looks that one's standing out from the trailers more than this one ever did for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully it's better than Project Power. Uh, which I think was the other Netflix didn't was not a Netflix one he did as well. Um. Oh God, I, I, I feel like that one's going to be a bit more like uh, um, what's it, uh, Zombieland, but with with vampires. Okay, it's, it'll be like a va- vampire land equivalent. Yeah, you know? and I like Dave Franco and Snoop Dogg's in it, which is interesting. So uh, we'll have to wait and see how Day Shift turns out, and maybe that is the 
I don't think it will be, but maybe that's the movie that Netflix <laughs> I'm puts out. Just trying to be optimistic. <laughs> hey, listen, it's, I, it's not my forte. I appreciate. Man. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, well, that is it. We hope you enjoyed this spoiler-free review for Netflix's The Gray Man. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts on the shows or movies we cover, um, Kevin. Can you let our listeners know how they can reach us? They can email us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or if that's a little bit too gray for you, man, you can hit us up on Twitter at geekcentricyt or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Keep in mind, we also have a ton of other... If that's too gray, man... Jesus. Uh, keep in mind, we have a ton of other great episodes covering the latest in movies, TV shows, and games, uh, including our spoiler-free and our spoiler-filled reviews uh, for Marvel's Thor Love and Thunder, uh, where it was amazing. We all agreed with Kevin uh, wholeheartedly. It was pretty incredible. Uh, <laughs> we also I did it. Finally. <laughs> he finally did it. Uh, we also have our spoiler-free review uh, out now for Only Murders in the Building Season 2, Episodes 1 to 6, uh, and our spoiler-filled discussion for Netflix's Stranger Things Season 4, Volume 2. We also have a ton of great interviews out now with our most recent one, where Justin interviewed Obi-Wan Kenobi's director, Deborah Chow, and Anakin Skywalker himself, Hayden Christensen. Uh, we've also recently just wrapped two watch clubs, one for Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, and another one for Miss Marvel. And all those episodes of both those series are out now and the watch clubs are out for them. So, you know, if you want to watch the show and if you haven't watched it yet, you tune in and you can follow along with our thoughts and predictions as you go along. Feel free to do so. Uh, and if you enjoy our watch clubs, well, listen, you won't have too long to wait as we will have more watch clubs coming up both for Andor and and She-Hulk uh, coming out next month, along with maybe, maybe some interviews uh, with some of the folks behind those projects. We have to wait and see. Um, and finally, we have our weekly This Week in Geek episodes every single Wednesday, where we bring you the latest news and trailer reactions with our latest episode out now, where Justin and I discuss Dean Fleischer Camp, uh, who is directing a beloved live-action version of a classic Disney movie. Which one, you might say? Well, you have to tune in to find out. Uh, and we share our thoughts on the trailer for Secret Headquarters, where, wow, Owen Wilson plays a superhero. So if you want to hear that reaction, uh, definitely <laughs> check it out. Um, go give those episodes a listen and a five-star review if you don't mind. And hey, listen, uh, San Diego Comic-Con is well underway as of right now as we're recording this. Uh, we're going to be having some coverage. We're going to do our best to uh, kind of cover and talk about uh, some of the things that we want to talk about coming out of San Diego Comic-Con throughout the weekend. So just keep your ears and eyes peeled to our feeds, uh, to our socials, uh, so you can see when and where we, we start chatting about all the incredible things that I'm sure are currently being announced and are to be announced at San Diego Comic-Con. Kevin, thank you so much for joining me for this review. And as we say, love ya. Get home safe, gray man. Jeez, I thought you were going to say gray home safe. <laughs> I, I was like, I knew he was going to do something. <laughs> All right, see you. Bye. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>